Hey everyone, you're listening to Can You Hear Us Now? Inclusivity in the Media, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of those in marginalized communities who are frequently overlooked in the mainstream media. Each week we discuss new topics in order to promote representation of those who are recurrently silenced or ignored. Our program aims to bring awareness to these issues in order to stimulate inclusivity in the media. Let's get into it. Hello, we're here with Dr. Otis today speaking with her about fat phobia and just overall size representation in entertainment media. So um, to start off, Dr. Otis, if you could please introduce yourself with your name, occupation, and line of research. Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Um, And thanks again for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this topic today because I think it's really important. Um, But my name is Haley Otis. Um, I am an assistant professor of communication at the University of Maryland College Park. And my line of research is really focused on communication about bodies, particularly public communication or what we might call rhetoric about marginalized bodies. So I often look at look at how marginalized bodies are discussed in public discourse and represented, but then also how those marginalized bodies sort of push back uh, against especially oppressive representations and sort of like craft their own uh, discourses and representations within social movements and and, um, marginalized communities. Awesome. It's very interesting. Uh, To start off, I feel feel like um, one of our our first main question, um, it's kind of a broader one, but I feel like it there are a lot of ways to view it. Um, Our first question is, in what ways has the representation of fatness in media and entertainment changed throughout the decades? Um, Or has it or has it not changed? That's such a good question. And one that I don't think we quite have an answer to yet. Uh, Mainly because I think some of the biggest changes in representations of fatness have happened really recently. And I think the one of the biggest factors influencing that change has to do with um, how we consume media now, specifically through streaming. Um, because I think when we had um, non-streaming media, right, when people were like sitting down at the same time every night to watch TV um, and, and you, know, you had to go to the movies or rent movies, I think we saw a lot more sort of stereotypical and often sort of denigrating images of fat people. Whereas I think now that we have streaming media and through that, um, you know, Netflix and Hulu and whatever are sort of more able to cater to different kinds of audiences, including marginalized audiences, uh, we see a a greater representation. So I'm thinking a lot about how, um, for example, shows like, Uh, Lindy West's Shrill has really positive and sort of complex and authentic fat representation that I don't think we have seen previously and that we wouldn't be able to see if we didn't have things like Hulu. Yeah, so I think I think because all of that has happened so recently um, and I'm just thinking of like 
I, I'll be really interested to see what sort of academic articles get published on this change in representation, because I think we're, we've seen it in the last couple of years and we're all trying to make sense of it, especially those of us that study fatness and body for that kind of thing. Awesome. Great answer. Yeah, I feel like definitely in these recent years, like just a lot of the shows that I've watched, I feel like have there's been a lot of there's been like just such an increase in different body representations and like what and it's like I feel like it's becoming a little bit more normalized now as opposed to like you know a popular show isn't just gonna have like the same like the characters all are like starting to look a lot more diverse as opposed to like media in the early 2000s where I feel like there were a lot of the characters looked very like it was just like one type of um it was just like one type one idea it was like one ideal body or like one ideal look as opposed to now where it's like a lot more diverse yeah and that's exactly it and I feel like um thinking about media in the 2000s it would be kind of everybody looked very similar everybody was conventionally attractive but you'd have the fat character right or the gay yeah. character or the black character and I think um just like you were kind of saying we're seeing greater diversity in general in fact I'm <clears throat> I'm watching I'm re-watching Degrassi right now because that was one of my shows when I was a lot younger um and I was noting that, you know, they have the fat character, they have Terry and her, she doesn't get a lot of complexity in terms of her character. And she's just sort of um, always down in the dumps because she's fat. And I think we saw that a lot, especially with uh, shows geared toward teenagers. Um, and then we also saw her character um, die in a sort of tragic way. And I think we see that with a lot of uh, characters that that aren't sort of the stereotypical body or the stereotypical identity um because they're usually they're I don't know they're not seen as as important or as as human as some of the other characters so that's something I've been thinking of a, a lot about too is the way that um fat and other marginalized characters often become sort of disposable uh because they're yeah. they're at least prior to this point in time, they weren't sort of the main characters. They weren't the people that we were really supposed to follow and relate to. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting to say that because I think you mentioned the show Shrill. I think that's the yeah. name of it, right? And I, I yeah. remember watching that maybe two years ago. And I think it was pretty cool to see like how, like she, like how a, you know, a fat character was the main, was the main character and the show completely revolved around her. So that was really cool to see that. And just her going through like regular day to day experiences, and it wasn't com yeah. completely like revolved around just her fatness. You know, it also covered a lot of different other different topics, which I thought was pretty cool for a show to do that. Because you know, up until recently, it hasn't that hasn't really happened. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly it. Is often when we have a fat character. Um, everything revolves around their weight and their fatness and usually in a negative sort of way. And I think, again, Shrill is such a good example of, sure, there are a, a lot of the storyline is about her body and navigating the world and navigating dating as a fat person. Um, but there's also a lot more positive representation of her relationship with her fatness. Um, I know that there's a scene where she goes to like a fat pool party, which those are things that actually happen in real life. And there's just this 
diversity of bodies and diversity of people like dancing and enjoying themselves. And she really like steps into this moment of feeling free. Um, but there's also plenty of moments within the storyline that don't revolve around her weight um, and allow her to have that sort of complexity and depth of character that we just really haven't seen before. Yeah, it's awesome. And our next question, um, it's more like your personal stance on things. Um, do you feel satisfied with current size representation in entertainment media? Why or why not? Um, and if so, how can it be improved? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, satisfied? No. Um, optimistic? Probably not. I, I am glad that there's more and better representation. Um, again, like when I watched Shrill for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Or for example, <clears throat> another show that has a notably fat character is um, Chrissy Metz's character in This Is Us. And I remember the first few seasons, I was really frustrated with how all of her storylines revolved around weight and weight loss. Um, but as the seasons went on, her story, her character and her navigation of the world became a lot more complex. And I think they, the show in some ways sort of redeemed itself for that early focus on weight loss within the storylines. Um, so it's, it's getting better, but it's still not there yet. And I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that there's still a lot of shows, a lot of mainstream media where like making fun of or talking poorly about fat people is still seen as like totally normal and acceptable. Um, you know, fat people can be the butt of the joke and that's just very acceptable. I'm trying to think of an example. I feel like I was just watching something the other day where, I don't know, someone called someone a fat ass and it was like a joke and people laughed. Um, another show that I watch, uh, that I watched all the seasons of was Shameless and, there's some great stuff going on in that show, the way that it deals with class politics. But at the same time, there like are several moments where somebody is described as fat in a in a very denigrating way, and it's just kind of either funny or normal. So that's the thing that frustrates me the most is that fat phobia is still not really challenged, um, except for in the the media that's explicitly trying to challenge it. Um, so I'm glad that there's more to watch that's uh, a bit more positive or a bit more um I don't know that, that gives fat characters more depth but there's still a lot of of mainstream media that will consume that's pretty explicitly fat phobic fat phobic and um not really apologetic about that awesome yeah definitely yeah I feel like it's still super normalized to like make fatness like the a joke or like um I feel like people are so like quick to use fatness as an insult when they're insulting yeah. someone yeah um, it's just exactly yeah they'll like, like if they have nothing else like if someone is in an argument if two people aren't in an argument for example and like um one person will like run out of things to say they'll just like stoop to insulting their body and like usually yeah so it's so normalized nowadays um yeah yep. this the next question kind of goes into like 
your own self own self personal self image so like um how does entertainment media influence our image of our of ourselves um and personally how has it impacted your own self image yeah that's such a good question um and i'm going to use some theory to answer that question just because i found it really helpful in thinking about the sort of influence of media representations um because especially as someone who studies rhetoric, I'm not necessarily studying like audience reception, right? So uh, that's sometimes I'll read studies about audience reception and how um, people respond to and sort of interpret these representations of, of different kinds of bodies. But that's not really the work I do. I'm really sort of interested in um, how we talk about these things and the, the patterns in that discourse over time. And so one theory that I often work with in terms of thinking about media representation uh, is Kenneth Burke's idea of equipment for living. And it's basically this idea that, and he was talking about literature, but this idea has been applied to uh, media and popular culture. But it's this idea that media and popular culture kind of give us the tools to understand and negotiate and navigate um, our own lives, right? It becomes this equipment that we use in our own lives because our experience in the world is pretty limited, right? The things that we actually get to experience and be a part of. And so a lot of our experience, a lot of what we know about the world comes from popular culture, right? That's, you know, um, I think a lot about how like, uh, there were a lot of studies when Will and Grace first came out about how a lot of people didn't know a gay person and they only understood gayness and queerness through shows like Will and Grace. And so Will and Grace became sort of this equipment for living for straight people to know how to navigate um, interacting with um, gay and queer people. And so I think pop culture does that for us a lot. And so when it comes to especially representations of fatness, I think for, for a lot of um, fat people like myself, these, the, the, you know, media entertainment, popular culture kind of shows us how we might be able to navigate the world as a fat person. And so now that we have some more sort of pop, um, positive and more complex representations of fatness, I think that's great. And I think it can be really, really positive for people's self-image. Um, I'm thinking, I know, Right now, Lizzo is kind of being held accountable for some problematic things that she's done. But prior to that, when she was kind of one of the first really positive representations of fat black bodies within hip hop and music, people, fat people looked to that and said, oh, well, if she can be positive about herself and she can love herself and she can say, screw you to all of the people in society that don't love her, maybe I can do that too. And so I think there is this positive impact on self-esteem and self-image because we see fat people navigating the world in a positive way. And that's just not something that we've seen before. And so especially if we haven't had, um, I don't know, role models or people to look up to, which often happens in the form of popular culture, if we haven't had that before, it's hard to kind of visualize how we might... um, interact with the with the world through our fatness in a positive way. So I think there is, I know for me, there's been <clears throat> the more fat positive media I've consumed, the better I feel about myself and the more confident I feel about myself and the more confident I feel about 
advocating for people like me. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Awesome. Thank you for your insight. Yeah, I think it's really important to have positive um, representations of fatness in the media. I think it's like, I don't know, I think that could make the change. And also, like, I feel like that really does affect just people's overall outlook and view on it as a whole. So thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, of course. The next question, also kind of personal, um, did you ever experience like normal, because we thought this is, this is my personal favorite question because we discussed it as a group and like discussed our personal experience with it. Um, did you ever experience like just normalized body shaming in your family household growing up? And, you know, how did this affect you personally, if so? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yes, absolutely. And this is something I write about in my scholarship. It's something that I really tried to grapple with um, when I was writing my dissertation, uh, because my dissertation is on the body positive movement. And part of why I wrote about that was because I kind of became a part of that movement online. I became a part of those posts and those communities um, because I did. I experienced a lot of body shaming and um, both in sort of wider society, but also in my own household. And I think that's I think what's interesting is that fat people are definitely sort of the the. Um, the primary victims of body shaming, but almost everybody experiences it in their, in their interpersonal lives in some way, shape or form, because it's a form of bodily discipline that applies to fat people to say you need to be thinner, but also applies to thin people to say you better not get fat. And that's really sort of the core of fat phobia is instilling this fear in all people of getting fat or being fat. And so growing up, I was always sort of chubby. Um, I was never particularly thin, but I also, for the vast majority of my life growing up, I, I wasn't fat. And yet because I wasn't thin, my parents were always sort of like super concerned that I would continue to gain weight. Um, and they, they would really be on my case about what I was eating and how much I was exercising. And I knew that it came from a place of love of, you know, a, they wanted me to be healthy and they had a very sort of narrow view of what health is and that's not their fault. That's kind of the, the rhetoric constructed around health. Um, but also I knew that they didn't want me to have a harder time in life uh, if I was in a larger body. Unfortunately, that translated to a lot of body shaming, making me feel bad about myself, um, disallowing me from sort of accepting myself the way that I was. And that ended up being much more harmful um, than if perhaps they just approached it as this is my daughter and this is how she is. How can we help her accept herself? And so, you know, I, I remember one time my dad had like given up on me eating healthy and exercising, even though I don't think I necessarily ate all that bad. And I, and I got a lot of exercise as somebody who did dance and theater and stuff like that. And I remember him being like, well, you know, if you continue to gain weight, you're not going to fit into the clothes you want. And I know you really love fashion. And so I think about all these moments of my parents truly from a place of love telling me that my body wasn't right. And it's just so frustrating how that 
they thought that was an act of love where our society has so normalized body shaming and, and, and so normalized the idea that only one body is correct, that people think it's an act of love to try to fit you into that mold, that very strict version of what a body is supposed to look like. Um, and again, I know it's not their fault. And I know that they were influenced by a lot of fat phobic media and discourse and um, uh, health discourse and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think that's part of why fat positive media representations are so important to me is because they sort of rewrite that script, that narrative that many of us heard growing up, that if you're not thin, you're not worthy. This episode of the Can You Hear Us Now podcast was produced as part of the class project for Mijo 441, Diversity and Communication, at the Hussman School of Journalism and Media at UNC Chapel Hill. It was produced by Isla Turkman, Ronan Brown, and Sophia Mandor, and recorded on November 13th, 2023. Thanks for listening to the Can You Hear Us Now podcast. We hope you were able to expand your mind and shed some light on this week's topic regarding embracing all bodies, a conversation on fat phobia. As always, we encourage you all to take a closer look at the media you consume and don't be afraid to advocate for those who might not have a voice. Make sure to tune in next time when we discuss Beyond the Dream House, decoding the intersectionality of the Barbie movie. You can also head over to our website, canyouhearusnowpodcast.com, to check out more information relating to our episodes. Be sure to leave a like on this episode and subscribe to our podcast on platforms including Simplecast, Audible, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We'll see you next time. Thank you.